Welcome to This Old App, a podcast about learning, coding, smashing stuff together, breaking things apart, startups, failing, winning, and any other buzzwords we can think of. So we, we've talked about we're working with Vue and Firebase for the Chasms build. And so now I'm dealing with what I usually find to be the hate I have for document data stores compared to relational databases around modeling. So this is the subject we're dealing with is a many-to-many relationship and it involves permissions. I'm going to try to explain this as best I can without having graphical uses to do it, but sure. We've got this app is unique. We've got what I'm the way I'm setting up the model and this is debatable too, but we have contacts and we have operators. And in the scope of how the app works, a contact is, or the context, a contact is a person that sends an inbound text message to our servers. And then an operator is a person that is in the chat channel who would you know, there'd be like, let's say three operators on a channel that can monitor what comes in from the contacts. And there's a distinct difference between these users because we're not really letting contacts log into the app and use the chat system. The idea is there's a separation between these people, these entities. And so the contacts are simply inbound text messaging and then the operators are talking to each other in the chat channels and also sending outbound text back to contacts. So we've got these two sets of users. Um, and so I don't know, I guess, first off, what is your thoughts on that? So the one of the things for the, the contacts is you may have nothing more than just a text number. Yes. That's inbound because it, it, it could come out of the blue without us actually setting up a, 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 a contact, so to speak. Yep. Um, that's so their that's ID. Be created on the fly. And that's their um, ID, essentially. A contact. That's their ID. ID. That's their ID. And it, it's potentially their only the only piece of information we'll have. Yep. Um, for it. So um, that's fine. Um and as far as an, I, I was, I was initially thinking: Do we need to? Do we need to have two different models for it, um, or can we go one model and then a field within that to say which they are? But I think two different models works better. Well, the issue there is, um, as I was thinking about, it, is like let's say, let's say you were to tell me, Randy, set up three operators for construction specialties. If I if we made them all the same user and their IDs or phone numbers, I got to find out everyone's SMS number just to sign them up for the app. Yeah, and that's fair. And that's, they, they don't. That's not necessary. Yeah, email address is typically what you use to sign up for apps. And yeah, these so, these are these these are two very distinct user bases. So I'm okay with them having two distinct models. Now um, I, I do think I think that works. I do think we can end up having a contact and a 
operator who are the same person with separate like entities in the model. And that's fine with me. I don't really, if you decided you, if you went out in the field, so to speak, and decided to text in, you didn't have the uh, chat app with you for whatever reason. I don't have like, sure you can do that, but we don't see that as a common no. kind of occurrence. So, no. so and, now we've got, and, 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 and we don't have to link the two either. So I can have a record yeah. in both. They don't have to be linked. So the next step is, okay, we're going to have different chat channels. Like right now with construction specialties, we haven't looked at uh, any, we haven't gone beyond the idea of one channel for all of the inbound contacts. But we've already talked about before that it's likely where there could be an organization that wanted to have multiple channels multiple inbound phone numbers for specific groups of contacts. So you might have like, Hey, these are all of the people that work in one part of the country. These are people that all work with one particular client. Like, Hey, these are all, let's say, uh, CVS related. You know, we want to have anyone that calls in to, uh, anyone that texts, sends a message in, will be related to this one particular client who's massive or something. So we've got that. We've got an issue of multiple channels, multiple, what I'm calling teams. And then we also have the idea, even though I do not want to reproduce Slack in the least, we do have the idea that the operators may not all be in the same office and may need their own channel where they are talking to each other about unrelated contact stuff. So we've got now a concept of teams, groups of operators. We've got channels, which kind of map to each team, but also the idea that there may be a separate channel that may not be related to a team. It may just be related to any, all the operators on the app. So I've got two new, I've got a model of teams. I've got a model of channels and then I need to be able to assign different operators to different channels and two different teams. And that's where we get into this idea of many to many relationships. So first let's, let me ask your opinion on the teams and channels approach from a model standpoint. Teams make sense as far as teams of operators. Mm -hmm. Um, it makes a, it does, it doesn't always apply, um, for contacts. Yeah. Um, contacts are going, that are going, that it's going to be sent to a channel based on what number the inbound uh, number SMS number yeah. is used. Um, yeah. that's what's going to be directed to a channel. Um, I could envision a scenario where where they would send w all their stuff to one number, precede it with something, and then that splits out the channel. But that's I don't want to get there right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so right now in the construction specialties model, I don't foresee. I mean, you all probably still use Slack or T or Microsoft Teams anyway, which is fine. But I'm I'm trying to keep it flexible so that all of a sudden if a if a future client or customer were to come in and say, Hey, we want to, we want a channel that doesn't have inbound messaging. We just want a chat channel for our team to be able to talk to each other. 
then I'd be like, oh, well, I tie all channels to teams. Now I got to set up a, a new team. And now it, I would just feel like if I have these separate models, it leaves us flexible down the road, even though we may start out where it's one channel to one team. So that's kind of... Yeah, I, I, I think that's fine. I think that works. Okay. So now here's the crux of the discussion. I need to be able to assign team or operators to specific teams. And so we may, we may have multiple teams, like a team can have many operators and an operator can be members of many teams. And so in the relational database world, I have a table called operators and a table called teams. And then I have a, in a many to many join table called um, team operators and all it may have typically when I set up a relational database, I'd have a, uh, uh, an attribute called team ID attribute called operator ID, and then a role. And even if that role may be the same for everyone, cause we're not giving special powers to any particular role. It may just be member. That's how I started out because Sure enough, someone's going to come in and go, I need an owner that can do changes to that channel. And I'm like, okay, now I've got an admin role on the team and a staff member that can't do anything but read and that kind of stuff. But I leave it flexible. I start out with member and then over time I can always change it. So I've got these permissions. <clears throat> in the document-based, well, I guess the next question is, does that make sense to you what I'm talking about? Yeah, it does. Um, and I think it's just the same thing here. You just have a, a join table, essentially. But we don't have So in the document world, that's not how they typically do things. Right. In the document world, they do this redundant data thing where they would put a nested um, object or map on the operator and a nested like object or map on the team. And then you would basically track on both the, the, the operator level and the team, their association with each other. No, you're right. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like it at all. And so what I've, and I've looked at a, I've looked at Mongo and Mongo kind of goes down that route. They recommend that. In Firebase, Firestore doesn't really have a standard. But I've kind of thought about going down the path of the join table. And, I, and I've got a reason why. So the, the idea of the join table would be I have a table called permissions. Or a, sorry, I, I have a collection on Firestore called permissions. And it would have two keys three keys under it. One, organization permissions. Two, and the organization is kind of the owner of the app, of this instance of the app, so to speak. The next key would be teams. And the third key would be channels. And then under that, we would have, we have, we would have instances that would have an ID a joined ID of the team ID, 
and the user ID or the operator ID. And then it would have attached to it a, like the role. And so the, so, so this is important for a reason. And this has hard to picture what I'm talking about, but it would essentially, if you were to look at this map of this object that I would have in there, you would say, okay, let's drive down to the permissions collection. Inside is another collection called teams or another, or sorry, a sub map called teams. And then each instance would be like a unique ID underscore unique ID. Because that's how maps work in Firestore. Like there's a unique key for each instance. It's not like an array, which is what I was used to in the past. It's of JSON. This is just in like a multiple objects and nested under objects. So here's the other issue. So you are the user that logs into the app. And I track you, I track you, essentially you're an operator, but you also, I have to maintain who the current user is. You've got a unique ID that will, that will be in sync with an operator account on the app. So I need to be able to use your ID as the current user ID and also associate it with the permissions that goes into, um, like I have to be able to associate the current user ID with the ID of an operator in the organization. And if I create the central store and use the user ID as part of the permission ID, I can then do regex on filters to make sure, does this person have permission on this team? Does that make sense? It does, and I think that's that that makes the most sense to me. I mean, we're I'm even newer to this whole document model creation than you are. Um, I think that makes the most sense from what I can gather. Yeah, it's <clears throat> this is one of those things where I'm like, I'm not, I don't even know how to search for best practices around it because nobody seems to talk about it that much, which is weird to me. Like yeah, many to many relations. I did a quick Google on join tables and no SQL and uh, all I can find is sometimes even on SQL databases, tables are denormalized and you end up with, uh, with what we're talking about. So, yeah. So that's kind of my approach is to, is to like, it feels like I'm going against the grain of forcing a relational approach to a document data store, but I can't find, I can't foresee a reason why this isn't the better way to go rather than try to maintain redundant entries. Um, which is very important in Firestore because of the read and writes going on. Because typically, um, if I were to, when you, when you listen to the Firestore advice, they're like, Hey, if you don't like, if you have nested users under an organization and you also have user accounts, if you try to just reference by ID, 
then you're going to have millions of reads kind of thing going on because you have to keep every time you load the organization, then you have to load the users and all that mess. So like they talk about this redundancy and I'm just like, I thought that's the whole point of normalizing a freaking relational database is to get rid of redundant data. Right. And now we're going into this paradigm that's like, Oh, this is better. And, but we're going to make everything redundant. And I'm like that, like, I don't believe in pure normalization of relational databases in all cases, but I definitely don't understand the benefits of storing the same data on two different tables or two different documents. Yeah. So, anyway. And, and, uh, we've, we've talked about this before. We've talked about relational versus document, and we, we, we end up in the same place for, for the most part. Um, yeah. I think at the end of the day... If we choose relational, which we have, uh, I'm sorry, if we choose document, which we have, we're going to have those things where we want to solve them relationally and we just have to do our best. And then if some, if, if at some point we find there's a better way to do it, we, we rewrite it. Yeah. So anyway, that, I think it was, what was most important was that I kind of talked to you about the overall models I was approaching yeah. this with because I wanted you to at least say, whoa, that doesn't make any sense. But I think we're on the same page. I, I think and so. And I think I think it's the blind leading the blind right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's the thing. We've both built systems. We've both dealt with all sorts of bad backends and bad data stores and we've built bad ones ourselves yeah. i'm at least i did <laughs> For sure. um and so i think having that experience it doesn't the context of various persistence models in our in our background is almost more important to me than you understand firestore yeah yeah and so if I was saying something that you're like, yeah, I've dealt with that before and it was, you know, or it sounds this cockamamie, it feels really odd to be doing it this way. Um, and I guess you could add, you could, I guess you could say, why don't you just go with a backend of rails? <laughs> and there's, are, there's definitely an argument I've thought about that. Like, why don't I, well, or I should say, why don't I just use a, a database like Postgres? And I've thought about that. But on the inbound chat level, if this app is going to scale, I don't think a database would be like a relational database is what you need for the scaling of the messaging. The models itself, like the users, the operators, the contacts, the permissions, like that's not, we're not going to, I don't foresee, at least at the beginning, that this is going to be used by a company with millions of people. Right. And I could, and so I could see all of that being easily stored with great speed in a Postgres relational database. But it also seems odd to build a mobile, like a, an app at mobile speed on Firestore where I didn't keep everything together and immediately broke it off into a different database. Cause now I, cause now the beginning of our, of the product, I've got to maintain two different data stores, two different platforms. I'm not going to really do Postgres on Google cloud that I know of. 
Um, it doesn't seem like that's a best approach. Like it seems like the better approach is to keep everything in on Firestore with its speed and the ability. I have like the two-way syncing I'm able to do with this library, which by the way, I'm talking, I'm actually doing a uh, Discord meeting with the maintainer of the Vuex Easy Firestore library. Oh yeah. Because um, he's trying to troubleshoot some things and he's like, do you mind talking to me? And I'm like, I don't know anything that you're, <laughs> I don't know the innards of anything you're doing, but if it helps, I will do my best to talk to you. So we'll see where that goes. But sure. Yeah. Like it's, this is one of those things where I'm keep fighting the desire to go back to what I've used before because it's just so easy that way. And I would well, keep it's, telling it's myself so it's easy. To... And, and at the end of the day, you've only been doing it for a decade or two. So it, it's just, it's, it's so easy to just slip back into it. Um, especially yeah. without, uh, and, and this is in air quotes, formal training on, on document stores. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so you're trying to piece something together, use it, but you have nothing to draw on. Um, you, you have no experience to draw on really no significant experience, no significant. It's all a, anything your mind goes to is relational. So it, it certainly is hard to, to work through it that way. What is weird is that maybe it's just due to the longevity and stability of relational databases. But when I read documentation or best practices around relational, I feel like I get very decisive statements about how you should best model things. And when I read any documentation on document stores, it feels like, well, maybe you can do it like this. And I'm just like, that doesn't help. Like, can someone speak to the like best practices around long-term scalability of how you structure your data at the beginning? Yeah. And I know the document data stores are supposed to be flexible. That's part of their calling card. But it feels like the industry that loves this data store type so much don't really have a lot of concrete recommendations for how to use it compared to other ones. Right. So I don't know. It's just a frustration. Yeah. I've read yeah, plenty. I, yeah. The, the, I don't have an easy answer because I've been down this road too where I was trying to build document stores and I'm like, I just, I, I can't get. I can't wrap my head around it in their, in, in their way of thinking. I keep trying to put it relational. Now the, the flip side of Firestore, of course, <clears throat> is there is this layer of um, WebSocket level speed on the changes, the snapshot tracking. So if I go in right now and forcefully change the, like I have the app set up with the locales. So if you want to see the app in Spanish, I have all these translations just instantly change. Right. And if I go into Firestore on the user account and change the locale, you can ins you can see it in, in your hand on the, on the phone and on the browser. You can just see the change immediately, like w within half, uh, 500 milliseconds. Like it's so fast. And I love that. Like, I'm like, oh, man, like, I never had that kind of syncing to a 
sync going on with any data store I've ever used. And that's what Firestore is giving you. It's it's really quite impressive. Sure. And so that's like a this huge benefit. And when I taught the boot camp, we showed the students Firebase. Fire, it was the real-time database at the beginning. And man, they were like, why would you use this MySQL thing? <laughs> like <laughs> when I started teach when I started teaching relational, I'm like, oh man, it's so weird to be to have introduced them to one of the newest tools on the market with all this fanciness. And they have no sense, they have no idea that the hardest thing in building apps is naming and modeling. Right. With other people, especially with other people and their opinions. And I'm like, oh no, I think maybe we taught this out of order. But <laughs> but the students that use Firebase honestly had really impressive apps with the ability to sync the data. Like yeah. they were really and so it's like one of those like old man things of like, I don't need a snowblower. I'll go out and break my back with a shovel, you know, and then while the kids are just like Broom, I'm done in 10 minutes and I didn't break a sweat. And right. like, that's kind of the, it's, it's still that, I feel like I'm in that, in that world now. And like you said, it's, I don't know, 20 years, 15 years. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh man, I'm already this old man in the industry in that sense. But anyway, uh, the, now I'm rambling, but that's essentially, there's not any other big features or models I can think of. But at least we talked about it, or at least I talked the majority of time about it, and you just said you're not crazy. <laughs> well, I, I think the only other things I can think of are messages, right? Um, and messages messages fit perfectly in, in a document model. That's fine. That's easy. Yeah. Um, attachments, potentially. But again, I think that fits right in there. Um, it can even be part of the messages model, potentially. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, there's nothing you're, I'm not going to say you're, you're not crazy because you are crazy because we're doing it with relational. Um, and <laughs> I mean, with that, with documents instead of relational, docu- I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. even get it outright. Um, <laughs> it's like writing with your left hand when you've been writing with your right hand the whole, your whole life. So, yeah. Um, but no, I think, I think uh, it all makes sense within the context of what we know. Okay. So yeah. And so now I'm going, to, I got to get the permissions set up. I already, I already, well, I, what I didn't tell you is I already set up permissions to work as nested under teams and then realized it's really going to be hard to find out what teams to list a person having access to if the team, each team is storing the permissions themselves. Cause what I'm trying to do is build on the menu side. Like, Hey, if you log in as a current user, here are the here are the channels you have access to. Here are the teams you have access to. Yeah. And and I can't do that if the teams hold all the the data. It's like, like I have to have a list that I can just run off of. And that can only be generated really by an internal table, not a or I do that redundant crap where I have user logs in instantly I know because here's a current user, here's what they have access to. But then I've got to have this like two-way binding on my own internal tables. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense either. Right. So anyway, um, 
I will continue down this rabbit hole of permissions and stuff. We'll see how it turns out. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll actually, maybe, maybe by the time we publish this episode, I'll have come to a solution that we can say, you know, do one of those weird, like time shifting noises and then yeah. say, okay, here we are. <laughs> this is what I did. <laughs> I think so. I think so. All right. That's enough for me. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening to this old app. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at www.thisoldapp.online. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. For questions, comments, or things you would like to hear on future shows, please email us at hello at thisoldapp.online. Show music is Guns Blazing by Fab Claxton, licensed by Pond5. Voiceover work by makingvoices.com. You'll hear from us soon.